Hello everyone. Welcome back to A Girl Named Charlie. So when I last left off, I guess I left you on a cliffhanger. <laughs> I didn't realize that until somebody brought it up to me. But um, so now to continue. Um, and briefly, I had told you that I decided to join the Air Force Reserve. That I was doing my one week in a month, two weeks in the summer. Pretty much enjoying life, having a good time. And um, 2005 came along. Uh, August of 2005 to be exact when this nice hurricane named Katrina decided to make her presence known and she went directly into the Mississippi Gulf Coast and that is where my unit is located at the time when the storm came in my family and I were on a actually on a cruise right we're out in the Gulf of Mexico so they kept us a day later in uh, Cozumel to let the storm pass us by before we went back out into the Gulf. And then they couldn't bring us back to our port because of the destruction. So they took us into Tampa, Florida and gave us money to rent cars to get home. So that's how we got home. So I got back and of course I'm trying to reach my unit and I can't because there are no phone lines. There is no cell service. There is nothing in the coast of Mississippi. So... I picked up the phone and I called Texas, which is kind of uh, the hub of the Air Force, so to speak, and got a hold of someone over security forces and said, hey, you know, I'm with this unit. This is what's happened. What do I do? Like, I'm trying to contact someone. I don't know if they need help or what's going on. And, and they told me they need all the help they can get right now. Are you ready to go? And I said, yes, I'm ready. And so is my compadre, Sherry, who is in Mobile, also a member of the same unit. And I said, look, if you want to email me orders for us, we're on our way. And he said, check your email. They're coming. Woo! So, off to the store I go. I am loading up my truck with every, everything I can think of. From I mean, I had a camping stove, so I bought canned goods that we could cook on a camping stove. I bought bottled water. I bought toilet paper. I bought everything you can imagine that we might possibly need. And I had asked the guy on the phone, look, do I need to bring, like, I have a camper. Do I need to bring my camper to have a place to stay? And he said, no, they were using, like, the dorm rooms that the tech school kids usually stay in because they evacuated them. I said, okay. But still, I had loaded my truck. So I picked up my girl Sherry in Mobile, and off we go, headed to Keesler Air Force Base. And, um... Along the way, the closer we get, the traffic is horrid. It is so bad trying to get in. Now, look, this is only like two days after the storm has hit that we're heading in. Um, and we get to a big bridge and realize that half of the bridge is gone. So they're down to like one lane of each direction. And it's bumper to bumper trying to get through. And then we're told that there's another bridge of the south, so we find another way around and try to get there. And, oh my gosh, we ended up lost all over the place. Um, but we finally made it there. We got checked in. They did have dorm rooms. And um, for those of you that have been around the Air Force, you know the Red Horse units that can come in and just make things happen like at the snap of a finger. So we had power, too. And running water. So that was quite amazing. So once we realized the shape that we were in and what, what we had, we drove out to some other neighborhoods who didn't have it so well 
that uh, they had no power, no water, and they had big signs up that they needed help. So we pulled in with my truck loaded for bear and started just handing things out to people. So all the stuff I had bought, we didn't feel like we needed to keep for ourselves. So we went and just handed it out to people. Um, so then we're staying in this dorm room and um, we're working. They put us on four-wheelers to be able to get around some of the areas of the base that otherwise vehicles couldn't get into. Um, now imagine after a storm comes through, the sun comes out and it had to be a hundred degrees. There's not a cloud in the sky. It's beautiful weather, but it is so hot. And we are covered head to toe on these four wheelers, sweating like you would not believe. And we are working 12 to 14 hour shifts, no days off, just consistent. You know, you get off of work, you basically get something to eat, you get a shower and you go to sleep. Um, but we met some amazing people that we got super close with during that time. And um, one of them happened to work for the Biloxi Sheriff's Department. So he had, or police department. So he had credentials to get us into places that otherwise we could not go. Um, and so he drove us around and I'm going to tell you the destruction I saw. I can, I can close my eyes and see it again. It was the most horrendous thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, casinos were washed up on the shore. Um, there were cars in swimming pools. There were slick foundations. I mean, just a concrete foundation with nothing left there of what stood previously. There were things hanging in the trees that scared the crap out of me. Um, and at one point, we took jet skis out on the back bay to go check out the situation back there. And I was scared. I mean, I was scared beyond scared. Um, you don't know what's in the water underneath you. So, I mean, we are like doing everything we can. Do not fall off these jet skis. Well, let me tell you, when we got back to the marina, we fell off the jet skis. And I got out of that water faster than I think I've ever gotten out of water in my life. I was scared to death of what I would touch under that water. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but I will tell you, the destruction was just unimaginable. Um, there were There were so many deaths there. Um, and the news, the news really reported more on New Orleans. They reported on the levees breaking after the storm, you know, and the destruction that went on there. They didn't report so much about what went on in, in Biloxi and Gulfport. And I'm going to tell you, it was bad and it was definitely newsworthy, but they were not showing you guys the real deal. Um, we lost so many citizens of that area during that time. It was horrible. Um, there's so much of this story I could tell you. There's so many details. There's so many things that went on. Um, for instance, one day I was I was on one of the gates and the base was down to essential personnel only. You know, there's no commissary. There is no amenities for anyone. There's no reason for anyone to come on the base. And I had a retired couple come up and want to come on base. And I asked them, like, you know, where are you guys heading to? And they said, the commissary. We have no food. I said, you know... I hate to tell you this, but the commissary is gone. It's not there. And I can't let you on base. And um, <clears throat> the like fear and shock, I guess, on their faces just took me back. So I said, hang here a second. And I went back in the guard shack and I found all of our MREs and our bottled water they gave us for the day. And I gave every bit of it to this couple. <laughs> and I said, look, this is all I have. This is all I can give you, but I hope it helps you get through a few days, you know, until you can find something else because there was nothing. Um, and at night, 
the base, we had power, we had lights, but when you looked outside the perimeter of the base, it was black skies. There was, there were no lights. There was no power. Um, we were hearing stories of people um, stealing generators from other people's houses, stealing their gas cans, just basically looting any house that was empty that wasn't occupied. I mean, it was horrible. It was really, really bad. That's when you see the worst of human nature come out is when you're devastated and you have nothing. Um, there are a lot more stories that I could tell you. And um, I may tell you a few more in the next segment. Um, but for now, the the big thing was I took a leap of faith almost. I wanted to help. It's like it's in your blood like to help others. And, and I really felt that. And so that's what we did. So I left home again, and here I am working in horrible conditions and sweating to death and not getting enough sleep and not getting enough food and encountering some of the worst conditions I've ever seen in my life. And I would do it all over again because that's who I am and that's who we were and that's what we felt like we were supposed to be doing. So um, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> I will sign off for now. And uh, we'll revisit this a little more next time. So join me next time. Take care, guys.